Yo, my people, what's going on? Welcome back to an episode of Product of My Environment by the one and only Leroy, Big Spit, whatever you know me by. Um, I've been looking at the stats and it's actually been taking me aback because I didn't think I'd get that many listeners. Um, and it was a combination of obviously people, obviously from local Bristol, um, and then obviously social media, people coming from TikTok, Instagram and the like. It's been crazy. I didn't think I'd get this push as I have but have done. And yeah, the response has been great, it's been positive. Um, a lot of people have really taken in what I'm saying. I was a bit skeptical initially because I didn't think people would want to listen for how long they've been going on for. Obviously, these are not scripted, so it's sort of they'll go on as long as they do, you know? But um for today, today's episode, seeing as it's called product of my environment, I thought I'd elaborate a bit more on my very first environment um, because whilst I've got a lot of people hooked obviously people that do know me from Bristol they don't know me 100% and then I've got a lot of new listeners that have found me from the socials I feel like it's only right to give you that core and give you a bit more of an understanding of me and my character also I know there's a few people from my place of work that are listening so I think it would also be nice for you to get that extra understanding of me you know beneath the layers because I'm quite thick skin um don't really let much out the bag but here we have it today will be the day that I go rule uncut however you want to put it so so where do we begin um so I was born in Bristol 1994 um I'm currently 26 um and Surprisingly, I've got a very good memory in terms of, I can remember things from playgroup, from I was three years old, I would tell stories and then my family would say, yeah, you were this age then, so I've got a very good memory. Obviously, some people, that's not really a great, um, it's not a great ability because it lands them in hot water sometimes, um, even in my relationship, um, certain conversations, I'm able to extract things that have happened previously obviously for, for my own purpose you know you've got to win that battle and <laughs> nah, i'm joking but but yeah nah it, it's useful it's, it's enabled me to be very effective in my role at work um i you need that attention to detail as well as having a good memory but yeah you get back to the topic um so my mother wasn't in a relationship with my father from my earliest memory I don't recall them to ever be in a relationship together. Um, I have one older brother, and I have two younger siblings. Um, life um, at my mom's was very hard. Um, I didn't really understand a lot of the things that were going on. It didn't feel great, but um, we go into my mom. She suffers with mental health. Um, I won't go into her conditions. But yeah, she suffered with mental health and obviously it was a fact, like everybody sort of knew, known this or knew this, but obviously at the young age, like we didn't understand at all. Um, my brother, my oldest brother, he is four years older than me. So yeah, life at, at mom's wasn't easy. Um, I recall getting, getting beaten a lot. Um, I know that a lot of people will feel that, oh, Back in their day, that was how it went, you know, bend over, like get the cane and the like. But to recall me and my brother, we weren't really, you know, problem children as such. Like we seemed to feel the brunt of my mother's frustrations. Um, and it's crazy because if we now look at like 2020 and like the past, I don't know, five years plus around that sort of time frame, the intervention from like social services and all the other great services it seems to be the the thing nowadays you know like certain things oh that could never have happened like like you know like the stories that we come up with that can happen now like maybe locked up throw away the key and um on that particular sentence let me be straight in when i discuss these things it's in no way to bash either of my parents as i go along the story because Simply, if I'm honest, I don't care for what took place. I'm not somebody that sort of lives on those things. It's not a case of me forgiving and forgetting. I don't care. 
but it doesn't it doesn't define me um, and I can't use it as an excuse to have not progressed or not got anywhere um, it's obviously affected me but yeah it doesn't define me so I'll put that out there uh, yeah it is what it is this is just my story um, and this is how I put it out there so yeah um, at my mum's like I said we, there was a lot of physical um, abuse um, and I remember it got to the point where she would sort of hit us with anything um, me and my brother we sort of it was just routine you know like we just like, just got on with it um, I remember like my sister um, she's a lot younger than me um, I can't remember how old she was at the time I believe she would have been around like well, one or two I remember my mum had this like kitchen set like ready for her and she got a bit older you know like um, you just like got the, the tray you know you got the saucepans you got the hob and stuff like that I remember the tray to it like my mum pulled it off one time and then slap bang like just hit us like you know you know on um wwe wwf when they get the chair out like <laughs> it was literally that motion and i laughed because it, that is just how i sort of look back at it it was just at the time just did we understand like okay all right um so it was a combination of things like that like my mom was always angry like she was just never happy sort of thing um um uh, we just felt the brunt of it you know um it was like school seemed to be the safe haven for both of us, me and my older brother. Um, the primary school that we attended was fairly local to the house. Um, so I did always enjoy school. I wouldn't have always said because of the education side to it, it was sort of just like a safe haven, a neutral place, you know, where I could just have fun with my friends, you know, play football at lunchtime and what whatnot. Um, or throwing it way back, you know, golden time on a Friday. <laughs> so, so yeah, it wasn't easy. Um, my mum was misusing class A drugs. Um, at the time, I didn't know any of the like, formalities, just knew that obviously, yeah, she was, she was on drugs, like, you know. Um, even to point when I was around five years old, um, in the evenings, usually when it was dark so i can't say a time but i know it was always after dark um she would send me out to like various neighbors um they were known to me admittedly but i used to have to go to the house and like ask them for money and stuff um just yeah i'm like oh my mom said have you got 10 pound have you got 20 pound and stuff i i didn't understand at the time, I just sort of got on with it. You know, with your parents, you, they tell you to do something. You, you wouldn't, not that I could have questioned it. I was five years old and that is facts. I was five years old. Um, so yeah, my mom said, go do this, go to such and such's house and ask them. So I'd, yeah, if I'd go, it was quite a regular thing. It was a, it was, yeah, it was all the time. Um, obviously now I know that to be, to fund her drug habit but it is what it is. Question that I always did ask myself was sort of why me? Because my my older sibling was four years old me, so I just didn't understand why I would have, because obviously being five years old, so he would have been nine, potentially just turned 10 or whatever. So he's significantly older than me. So yeah, it, even to this day, I sort of don't understand. Maybe because I was that little bit more switched on, but at that age, having a four, four year gap, um, yeah, that's, it's debatable. But yeah, that's one of the conundrums I have. <laughs> but, so that was happening. Um, amongst that, um, me and my, was my sibling, um, well, he was a lot darker than me because his, his father was black and my mum was three quarters black. So he was a lot darker than me and whereas even though I've got, I've got quite a, um, a stronger black heritage than my white heritage. I'm, I'm quite light for my, um, for my percentages, if you want to put it like that. But, um, so I say that for the context of, we had a lot of bruises. Obviously I showed up a lot more than my brother did. 
Um, and so I mentioned, obviously, my nan brought me up as my father's mum. So when I used to go to her house on the weekend, because it was a regular thing going to my nan's, even during the week, um, my mum and my nan were sort of close. It was it was almost a bit weird. It didn't really make sense, like because obviously I don't remember my parents ever being together, and they weren't ever really on terms. I can never. I don't have any memories of them speaking to each other positively. Like they just didn't get on. As I got older, I knew that was a fact. They don't talk. They don't get on. Fine. Um, so yeah, I'd go to my nan's a lot. Um, covered in bruises sometimes, and just the excuse of oh he fell over or whatever. You know the usual sort of excuse. Um, and even my brother, like, he used to love coming to my nan's because it was quite funny. Because um, when we'd go to my my nan's, like, obviously we'd usually be quite scruffy, like, you know, dirty clothes, like rips and that. So my nan would always have like clothes for me. And obviously, even from a young age, um, I was always a lot bigger than my brother. Um, even now, people they don't believe he's my older brother, you know. Um, so my clothes literally didn't fit him, but my nan would still put them on him, you know, anything's better than that you got on. <laughs> That's what she used to say. Um, so yeah, we used to like coming to my nan's and obviously being she was Irish, um, yeah, she used to stack us up on the food. It was, yeah, because I remember also being at my mum's. Um, we sort of didn't know when our next meal would come. Um, I didn't look like, that, um, that was a struggle for me at that age. I, I remember I was born at 10 pounds. <laughs> the women listening probably gasped. But um, but yeah, um, it was never really like regular, oh, this is dinner time. I remember my, my other grandma, my mom's mother, like she used to stop in every now and again. And whenever she'd come, we'd be so happy because we know she'd be coming with some Greggs, like all tight Greggs, you know, <laughs> the sausage rolls. Um, but I talk about it and, and I keep laughing because Despite looking back and speaking on it now, it, it not to be a great time, we just got on with it. It was that that was the norm to us, you know. Um, and I know my mum had mental health and stuff, but as children, this probably wasn't the best for our development. There definitely should have been some intervention a lot earlier on. Um, my father, I'd say that he he wasn't present. I'd say he was absent. Um, my mum sort of used him as well. What you do see from time to time with the father being the being the alpha male, he'd only come over if I've been naughty. And when I say be naughty, it would have been I haven't tidied something or I didn't want to go somewhere. I didn't want to do something, you know. Um, I wasn't um, I wasn't an aggressive child. Like I wasn't the one that would have been hitting a child at nursery or hitting someone in playgroup and all that types of thing it wasn't my sort of thing um even from a young age something that my mom said that used to piss her off i had an answer for everything it was always why why so people at my work now will probably be laughing because that's what they say now <laughs> you've always got an answer but um but yeah so my father like he used to just come and it was sort of punishment time you know um i remember she would get me dressed and whatnot. Oh, I, I will add that all of my siblings, we have different fathers, but I don't say half siblings because as far as I'm concerned, we all suffer together. So in no way are we going to be half. We are siblings. We went through it together. It is what it is. Um, but I remember she would get me dressed up, get me ready. So oh, your dad's coming today. It just wouldn't turn up. Um, just wouldn't, just wouldn't come. It wasn't the case of, you know, I'd be waiting by the window and stuff like that. It was just, uh, he's not here yet. Okay, cool. Um, business as usual, usual. But I was so young at that age where I talk about it now, but back then I didn't think like that. It was just like, oh, he's not coming. Okay, like, fine. So not, I didn't live with him, so it wasn't really, it wasn't that bad of a thing if he just didn't come. It was like, oh, okay. Um, so, so yeah, that was sort of the regular thing. Like, we those things happened we used to me and my brother used to watch a lot of wwf like have like a dvd of it or something and i'd have it on the playstation because um from my nan's like i had the ps2 and i always bring it to the house for the week and then take it back to my nan's for the weekend because 
you know, that's why my brother used to get so excited when I'd come home on the Sunday because I'd have I'd have something with me. I'd have either a PS2 game or um, anything. I'd have something, like maybe a new DVD or um, just, yeah, I'd bring something back, you know, you come from my grandma's. Like, sometimes I would I'd bring him sweets back with me if I had, like, London Maltesers or, like, a chocolate bar or something. I'd bring it back with him or I'd, for him or I'd save half, you know? Um, so... So yeah, as we got older, um, well I say older, like I'm talking about around five years old, these sorts of things that were happening. Um, so when I got to um, seven, for, so from five to seven, obviously my mother was like, from what I recall, would have still been misusing. Um, and I was still being sent out to, you know, ask for various sums of money and stuff like that. And then one time she asked me to go to my auntie's house and this this auntie was my nan's sister um so both of them came from ireland i'll touch them i'll touch on them a bit later on but yeah that's my my grandma's sister so um you know older set of auntie but my auntie and my nan they lived next to each other literally i'd say about four or five doors from each other so and again this was this occasion so I, I like i said every other time was always in the dark but i remember the time with this because my nan was fuming let the cat out of the bag there so basically um my mum had sent me to my aunties and it was about what time was it it would have been about 11 i think it was 11 12 so it was really late at night um and again i was i would have been six now like we're moving on um done it once and she gave it and I remember her saying to me tell your mum this is the only time because my mum told me to tell her not to tell my nan for obvious reasons um she said tell her this is the first and the last time um so yeah off I went you know passed on that message um and then I remember it happened again so it sent me to the same auntie it was in that same week and then um she took me down <laughs> to my nan's she was not happy to see me my nan was like what are you doing here it was it was like midnight um so i would have been about yeah six or seven at this point um yeah she was absolutely fuming Abs she was not happy whatsoever but i remember my nan actually gave me the money that my nan wanted that my mom wanted and then they walked me back home um they had words or whatever um I remained there. Um, um, my dad wasn't told because obviously he was known to have like temper himself, but he, so he wasn't told, sort of thing. Um, and then it sort of it, it did persist. Um, obviously, my nan didn't know this because seeing her like obviously pissed off. It was not something that I liked to see because going to my nan's it was always like a happy time, so I was not happy to see that. Um, um, I used to see a, like a range of people out on my journeys that's what i'll call it my journeys just going off in the street for my mom people drive past and be like what are you doing out here like my mom or my father's friends like like older people um and i, I know that my, my father recalls the story different i.e he saw one of his friends saw me told him he come and got me did not happen like that did not happen um I say that on here because I'm telling my story. I'm not leaving anything out for any of you listening. But yeah, did not happen. Um, I saw his friends. What are you doing out here? I'm doing this with my mum. Oh, okay, be careful, yeah? Yeah, okay, bye. Off I go. Do you know what I mean? I had a mission. I was getting money from my mum. Like, I didn't care or anything like that. I was walking around. Um, so yeah, so I get to seven, the age of seven now. And I remember my mum saying to me, um, you're going to your dad's. Like, I can't can't cope with you anymore um and it was literally a case of because i asked why too much i asked too many questions um and if anything i was probably the best behaved like my older brother like he was out about on the streets like you know um just causing mayhem just just being out and about like also my mom didn't really keep check of what we were doing so she was always out and i was always in my room or in the park across the road or something but yeah i said she couldn't cope with me um, so I was separated from 
from my siblings. Well, at that point, it was just my older brother and my sister. My youngest brother wasn't born yet. Um, so yeah, I went off to my nuns. So if I was seven, I'd do that, what's that quick maths? Um, basically, yeah, so I would have been, so seven years old, sorry. And then I would be 2001. Yeah, so 2001, um, went to my nuns. Um, my nun, she said to me that it, my dad's gonna have to know about this sort of thing. So my mom took me to my dad's and I remember her knock on the door. I remember thinking, this is weird because my parents, they don't talk to each other. Like they're not, I've never seen them together. They don't talk to each other, but somehow they're walking me to his house. My mom doesn't drive. She, she, she has never drove, driven. So yeah, and it wasn't like we didn't have money to be getting taxis everywhere. So yeah, she walked me from, oh, for, for um context, my mom lived in Easton and my dad lived in St. Paul's. So yeah, walked me across that bridge, walked me over, um, knocked the door, can't cope with him, you have to have him, here you go. Just simple transactions that there wasn't no, she didn't even come in, there was no conversation. I remember, I just remember thinking, okay, this is weird, whatever. Um, I remember my dad, living at my dad's, it was, it was right in the heart of St. Paul's. Um, it was Argyle Road, for anyone that's familiar. Um, so yeah, um, he, the best way I could describe it, he was living his life. He was doing what he's been doing. Um, he wasn't ready to have me at that time. He had his girlfriend living with him. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was sprung on him or whatever. Um, he didn't, he wasn't present when I was living at my mom's, like regularly. So how can I then expect to sort of live with him? But I went to his on and off, um, ended up going to my nan's more regularly, like, oh, you're staying at, at your nan's. And then I go back with him. There's a lot of stuff that went on at my dad's. Um, I won't really elaborate on that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to open too many kind of worms because that could be troublesome on the criminal level. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that was going on there. Um, it wasn't the right environment. I was unsettled. I couldn't even eat breakfast throughout the time I was living there because I would vomit for some strange reason. I was just not settled in at all. Um, so I fast forward now simply because the main person I really wanted to talk about in this podcast was my nan. Um, I, I just wanted to give you the full context of sort of what was going on. So I was at my dad's and my nan's back and forth on and off. Like he'd have me for a bit, take me back. And, and it was just, yeah, back and forth. Um, eventually I went to, so again, that was 2001 that my mom took me there. And I remember in 2004, my nan took me to Ireland, um, to the Republic of Ireland with my uncle, um, so that's her son, and then my auntie, her sister. Um, my nan didn't like flying. She'd never flown over before. So we got the ferry to Ireland in 2004. I remember the date well because it was when Greece won the Euros. We watched the final in Ireland, like I remember watching it. Um, it was when David Beckham was that guy for England, like, um, and you'll remember his boots, the Predators, the silver ones with the little red um, Adidas um, logo, the stripes. So yeah, I remember I had them. You know them days when you used to wear jeans with your football boots? Don't don't lie, don't act like you didn't do that. So yeah, I had them one that like I was gassed. <laughs> so, but I remember coming back then, and then me being on and off at my, at my nan's and my dad's, it was per sort of permanent, I was at my nan's then. Um, so that was um, obviously primary school. Um, um, primary school, it was like I didn't have any real issues in primary school. Um, I was quite, I was quite a shy child. Like still sort of shy now, but yeah, there was nothing really major to note about primary school. It wasn't, I wasn't the best behaved, you know, disruptive all the time, um, the sort of thing, talking, interrupting, and stuff like that. Um, even though it was one of the biggest, it phys physic um, physically wasn't sort of an issue. I didn't get into any physical problems. I was always friends with the girls, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know why, like I play football with like the guys, but I was just, just always chilling with the girls. Um, there's quite a few girls 
from primary school that were into football so that was it was a good mix it was a good integration and it was quite nice um one of them actually has done really well in football at the moment i won't put a name on it here she's she's doing great right now um so so yeah um even though i went to my lands well permanently when we returned back from ireland it was sort of my dad would have me every now and again um i got the impression personally that anytime he'd had an argument with his partner i'd come back that's my perception whether it's fact or not that's my perception because when i was at his my auntie would always babysit me um but she was young herself she was um i think she was in the late teens to early 20s um so effectively her babysitting me and it was probably, it was good for me to be fair um at that age she wasn't going to be stuck in the house so i sort of just went wherever she went so she she was chilling with her brethren's with her friends i just went with so i know a lot of her friends now obviously a lot older than me um it, it enabled me to be a bit more have a bit more of interaction with some people in bristol because both of my parents are well known and then my and then you got yeah my auntie's friends and yeah, so it sort of got my face out there. Oh, that's little Leroy, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah. Um, and then I touch on to sort of secondary school. But before that, I start, I'll start talking about where insecurity is setting. So at my nuns, there was no sort of issues. And when I say issues, there was no like... Um, arguments there were no raised voices instead of saying i was wrapped up in cotton ball i'd say the whole house was cotton ball you know it was that environment it was it was just pure peaceful um my uncle lived with her um so my nan was from republic of ireland um county leitrim in mohill um i believe that's the correct pronunciation mohill <laughs> yeah that was where she was from it's a tiny village i think i looked on the 2011 census and even then they only had a population of like i think it was like um, nine thousand. So it's a very small village um but yeah very proud irish lady um i know everyone's seen me that was on the socials and people that know me um i've always been around six foot in my adult years and currently six foot four um my nan was and i'll tell you this now because i'll never forget she was four foot nine because she used to always make it clear that she was an inch off being a midget <laughs> so yeah four foot nine my nan was a, a very small lady but that's not small short was not a way that you could um you could measure her temper because well if she was pissed off we'd know about it but it wasn't a regular occurrence, you know. Whenever she was pissed off, he would just sort of avoid her. I'd stay in my room, my uncle would stay out the way. <laughs> we sort of knew the play. Um, by the time that I was born, my nan had already had heart bypasses. She's had a lot of heart attacks. Um, so she was lucky to be alive. She'd, she'd been through a lot. Um, yeah, she'd, she'd been through so much at the time. Um, she, I'd known, I'd known these things, but I didn't understand what like a heart attack sort of was at that age, you know. Um, so yeah, just before I move on to the topic of high school, there's one single thing that happened in primary school that sort of started off my insecurities because I was always a big lad, like my nan, you know, the Irish Jew. She, her meals were very big, big lads, big, big lads, big and strong. You know, she had four sons. Um, I wouldn't say any, any any of my uncles or my father. No one's skinny by any means. Quite big set. Um, all um, quite tallish. I'd say six six. Well, yeah, six foot. Um, just a couple of my uncles are a bit shorter actually, but yeah, no one was around four foot nine. <laughs> no one was five foot five of those um, shorter like heights. But um, see, so yeah, I was always quite a plump lad. Like had a little bit of a belly on me. But like I said, it was never an issue. Like it was just sort of normal. Like they made sure that I had clothes on my back and that. Um, I do remember in primary school, I couldn't fit into any of the jumpers or uniforms. So she used to take me to Matterland and I was wearing um, adult like clothes, <laughs> like yeah, black jumper. So a lot of my school uniform was yeah, just a Matterland or whatever clothes I could find. But um, I remember um, for a trip, in year six we went to um i won't say the name of it we went to a sports club it was a local sports place um, boxing place um i 
and I think the purpose of the trip was it was one of those like incentives, you know, like um, you know, get active, like um, England sport and all that kind of weird sort of thing. Like, um, I say weird, no good thing, just to get children active, you know. But I remember there was um, pupils from the local secondary school. Um, it was yeah, local to us. I remember walking in like the door. And then the kids were there, and I knew they were a lot older. Like they would have been at least um, year nine, year ten, because even at that um, age of going in there in year six, they were like massive, like super tall, like bigger, like looked very mature and stuff, you know, facial hair and like. But I remember walking in, and then um, they said to me, oh, "Oh, also for context, I used to have cane rows or single plaits." So it'll make sense with this context here. Um, I remember walking into like sort of the building, the sports like facility or whatever it was, and one of the kids from the, the secondary school said to me, are, "Are you a boy or a girl?" I was saying I'm a boy, and then he was like, well, "Why do you have tips then?" And I remember that I just felt not that I'd ever experienced it before. I, it just took me aback. I, I sort of and just sort of walked by like I was thinking are they gonna now hit me or something you know because I, I was a very shy and even though I was a bit bigger than most of the people in like primary school and stuff I, I was not into any sort of aggression like I used to watch like Top of the Pops and things like that I used to watch casualty like anything my mum was sort of watching that's what I grew up on you know um Emmerdale um Heartbeat <laughs> Midsummer Murders like these types of programs um bullseye the darts for it now bit of bully that one was a bit of bully but um but yeah so i remember that and i was just like i was like i'm not going to that school and i was petrified because that was the local school to me and at that age i thought so i would have been 11 i was like no i'm not going there i'm not going now um luckily i um i went to the other school it was a bit further but luckily i didn't go to that school because i remember in year six, they were saying to us, like teachers, what um, what school have you like registered to? Where like where are you going, sort of thing. And um, just because I didn't want to go to that local school, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to this school. And again, I don't want to mention the um, institute names or anything. But yeah, I was like, I'm going to this school. This is the school I'm going to. I hadn't signed or anything. I didn't know anything that was going on. That's why I just kept saying I was going to. And then I remember. Um, this is sort of how I got into the school and this is literally pure chance. There was one of the um, kids in my primary school that was going to the school that I'd said I was going to, even though nothing was even set in stone, nothing, they'd never even heard of me. But he said, oh, um, you're going to that school, aren't you? I said, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. It was like, oh, you going to the, um, like the open evening um, tonight? Like, and I was just like, what is tonight, is it? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm definitely going, you know, blagging it and that. I remember going home and I was saying to my nan, oh, like, um, school that like, I want to go to, like, this open evening, like, I need to go there. And she was like, oh, isn't your dad sorting that stuff out? And, like, um, obviously he was meant to be, but who knows, isn't it? But I was like, oh, no, we need to go, we need to go. And um, my nan, like, she was very, she didn't go very far. Like, she stayed in her local area, like, the furthest she would go is downtown during Christmas. Hated it, but downtown Christmas, Primark, that's where she would go. That's the furthest she would sort of go from the area. People that know um, Bristol, she lived on the border of um, Eastern, so St. Jude's um, Eastern area. So yeah, town was the furthest she'd go. Um, I remember saying, look, Nan, I need to, I need to. And then she was like, all right. Um, she was like, we'll get a taxi and we'll go there. And I remember going there, and then the, obviously the head of year seven, so what would have been our head of year, was there. I was like, oh, hi, like, how are you? Like, um, what's your name? Like, I said my name. Wasn't on the list, obviously, for obvious reasons. It was not registered, like, um, yeah, so. And this was before the days of um, local catchments and stuff. Like, obviously, you had to go to a school that was sort of relatively local, but there wasn't no restrictions. You could sort of just go anywhere, I believe. Um, I remember saying, yeah, yeah, my name's such and such. You should be on there. Like, yeah, we registered. Uh, I was just talking nonsense. Like, he was like, oh, no, there's no name here. And I remember it was a nice guy. Um, I, man, I did get on really well with him once I joined the school. But I remember him saying, oh, I'll just put you down anyway. So just wrote it down. And that sort of cemented the slot because then we had correspondence. Oh, you came in the open, such and such. And that was just where I went. 
Um, so yeah, ended up going to that school. Um, sort of um, bullying. I say bullying but because I didn't have it at primary school, but it sort of started from that visit to the sports club. I was sort of then made aware of my size difference and stuff. Like, you know, I had jumpers on and you could see like uh, the man boobs seeping through all the tits as that, as that guy called it. Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't easy. Um, so when I was, when I moved to my nan's, my mum's obviously situation got a lot worse. And then um, my siblings were taken. Um, and by that point I had um, a younger brother. So they were all taken and put into foster care. But she only had my youngest sibling, my brother, who's the last child she had still, because he was born just after the other two siblings went into the, to foster care. Um, but then she ended up going to prison and she, she went to prison so then my sibling the youngest one because he was a lot younger than the rest of us um he ended up getting adopted so so that was in 2000 and ooh, 2005 that was um i haven't seen him since my mum would bring him to my nans and stuff but like when he was first born and that but I haven't seen him since to now it's 2021 now January I've never seen him don't know where he is you know what he looks like obviously he's been adopted for obviously safety reasons and stuff um but yeah um I just mentioned that because when I went to this school and it was one of the reasons I wanted to go to this school my brother was there so when I was joining in year seven he was in year 10 so I was at that point we um, when he was in like, foster care, I didn't see him. Obviously, I was uh, aware of him sort of thing. Like, um, I think I bumped into him at my younger siblings, christening and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't a regular, it wasn't a time when I really had credit on, on my phone. Because I always had like a mobile, but it was just to play Snake, you know, the Nokia. Was it, was it the 3310, was it called? I think, yeah, my nan, yeah, I always had little gadgets and stuff. It was sort of... The only thing sort of I had at my nuns because I was the only child in the house and she was a lot older watching her thing. I just had the games console, the one that I was would take home for my brother to use with me. I just have that, so I'd just be playing FIFA. Yeah, FIFA, um, GTA. Shouldn't have been playing that at that age. But yeah, Grand Theft Auto 3 and um the London one, the Skyview, you know, the bird's eye one that was on the PlayStation. But yeah, um, so I just had the gadgets and stuff. But I remember being so excited, like, to go and, like, go to this school because my big brother was there, like, yeah, so he was year 10, so he was obviously a lot older than me. Um, I was just, just pumped. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no word of a lie, my first day, I remember going out um, on the back stairs because the school had three sets of stairs. You had the one main set of stairs, and then you had these sort of fire exit stairs on the left and the right side as you entered the building. And um, I remember out on the, one of the back stairs, being out there now, and I seen my brother, and there was loads of like um, kids that obviously his age, so a lot bigger, and it was just looked a lot older, and he was all chilling. And um, at this point, it wasn't a case of like he greeted me on my first day at the gate, so like I knew he was there. It was just gonna bump into him as and when sort of thing. Um, and I believed, well, I just assumed that he would have been popular, you know, because he's older. I thought he'd have his older friends now. And I was just so glad to see him. I was like, I was like yeah. I don't know what I said to him at the time, but I remember coming up the stairs and I was just like, oh, like, oh my God, like, it's you. Like, I don't want to say his name on here, but yeah. Um, so I was gassed and then out of nowhere, interrupted one of his friends. It's like, yeah, why is your little brother so fat? Like, and I remember just being like, like raw, like seriously, like again, this 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 has literally only started coming like obviously high school bound, um secondary school, like it was like, yeah, like why is he so fat laughing and I remember as much as they were the ones that were um obviously being rude to me, being horrible to me, I just remember thinking about my brother, like why are you not backing me? Like, why have you not said anything? Why are you not annoyed? Like, obviously now, I know that he wasn't a popular child. He, if anything, he got bullied for for him himself. Obviously, that was due to his own actions. Sometimes his fault, sometimes not his fault. But, yeah, he, he had his issues at school as well. But obviously, at the time, I just saw it as my big brother. Being my big brother, reunited again. But um, I lashed out. 
I was so angry that everyone was taking the piss out of me and he'd not said anything my first day. And yeah, I remember like punching him. I was just, and then we started fighting. So yeah, welcome to secondary school. Fighting your first day with a year 10 student. And obviously nobody knew that he was my um, sibling because we've got different surnames, different fathers. So it was like, whoa, who is this kid fighting the older? It's like, what? And then obviously I felt bad like when I got older because I realized that me hitting him as a year seven kid and not going around the school, that's just feeded into the bullying he was receiving. No, oh, you got you got hit, you got beat up by year seven. Like, uh, like obviously, yeah, he found out with my brother and stuff, but that there started off a bad journey. It, it, it did. It, that aggression that I'd built up, like, just from the name calling, I was just always reminded, like, fat, like, man boobs, got tits or whatever, like, it just brought this aggression up. Like, um, yeah, it wasn't nice. It just, I just felt like it would seem to be all the older ones. And then I would just, the only thing I knew after that situation, my brother, was anyone said anything, it's a fight. Let's have a fight, go on, I'm gonna hit you. Like, let's fight after school, whatever. Um, and that's what I turned into. I just turned into this aggressive child that had started the school, living at my nan's, like watching Heartbeat and all that, like very shy, wouldn't really talk. Like, um, yeah, it just changed me. Sometimes I do think like, what, what would I have become or who would I have become if I sort of didn't start getting bullied because that's when the aggression came out. And obviously then being, one of the biggest and obviously as I went through my secondary school years I got bigger got taller and obviously got fatter so yeah when I was fighting people it looked really you know and then at the same time I grew in confidence thinking yeah I can chuck it with the olders because I was if not matched them in size and sometimes bigger than and then some of them so yeah that's how it continued with me I just I was unpleasant the disruption that I touched upon in my previous podcast, like anyone looked at me, it was like, what, what are you looking at? You wanna fight? Let's go, like what, what, what do you want, what? Like just, yeah, just attitude, rude, um, disgraceful. Like, my behavior was, it was, it was bad. There's no other excuse for it. Um, but it's not an excuse the way I behaved. It's more of an explanation. Um, so I went from being bullied effectively into the bully in some respects. And that's not something that I say with um, any proud, in, in a proud way or happy about that. That's just, it's the fact, that's how it went down. Um, so, so yeah, and that kind of, I continued to just be this aggressive person and just like up until the age of about, I'd say year 10, sort of slowed down a bit because I in year at the end of year seven year eight they decided to move me onto a different side of the year so our year groups were split into two sides of your letter so obviously there were, when I was in year seven it was um if I can remember correctly it was x and w so I was on the x side initially and they moved me onto the w side and then even then when I moved over to the w side um I don't think they put it out there like this. I think it's just the way it sort of went. The children that were on the W side were a lot more calmer, seemed to be more educated, to be more interested in education, sorry. Yeah, they just seemed to just be a lot more calmer because on the X side, it was very chaotic. Um, and to be fair, um, a lot of the people that were on the X side that I, were hanging, I was hanging around with have since been incarcerated. Um, um, ended up, yeah, ended up in prison. Um, yeah, just not good choices. Um, so yeah, maybe that's down to not having as much intervention in the school system, but that's not questions that I, that I need to ask sort of thing. But yeah, I was causing a lot of issues on that side with the groups of friends that I was having. And then I moved on to the W side. And when I first moved on to that side, I brought the chaos, the chaotic Leroy along with me and disrupted that side. And it, was, it wasn't, it was a lot of children did make it known to me. Like, oh, like, it was right before you came and stuff. And again, I had that chip on my shoulder, like, what, like, you wanna fight? Like, you wanna, like, you know, that was my sort of thing. But then the the group of friends I sort of attached to on that side, I didn't, like, this, this um, 
I didn't diss the previous set of friends. I didn't go away from them. I still spoke to them like any time of lunchtime or whatever. But the new set of like friends in the tutor groups that I was in, they were again, yeah, they, they came from I don't even know how to put it, the areas that they came from didn't seem to have a lot of issues and stuff. So they were like their environments like yeah, must have gave them the best the best starts at education because yeah, they weren't nowhere near anything that I was like or any of the um, other people I was hanging around was, was like um, but yeah they made it known that that's not sort of the way like yeah we all got in trouble like you know usual basic disruptive behaviour but there was no aggression on us I wouldn't really like that and I sort of learned that yeah I, this is not cool they don't find this cool like this is not impressing nobody like yeah no, no one's laughing here this is just you like you're just being an idiot like you sort of need to stop um got drawn out to old old ways so i was still misbehaving i think on my record at school i was fighting pretty much nearly every day um because until we got a new head teacher in year 10 um in some respects i think she wanted to make an example out of me because I, my name was top of the list teachers will tell you yeah you got leroy good luck like yeah just disruptive um confrontational um I was always an internal exclusion, um, so it's isolation, I think they call it nowadays. Um, it's, it, even that's quite mad because in our school, we had this this set of um, adults, they were called the duty team. And when I look back now, I do laugh because it seems like they hired these, their mentors, they, they, they were all qualified people. They were no, by no means like idiots. They were educated people. and um, But the majority of them, were from ethnic minority backgrounds maybe there's some correlation there but they were effectively bouncers in school <laughs> and i mean that as respectfully as i can because that's not in no way um trying to be derogatory towards them i just the reason why i put it like that as someone that's done security and has been a bouncer before um when i was misbehaving and any and other children misbehaving the teachers get on their radio or email and tell them Leroy's misbehaving can you come get him please and they would come down <laughs> and they'd come and so I'd either be in the classroom refusing to leave or I, it got to the point where I got so comfortable with this duty team that when I knew they were calling them I'd wait outside they were like come on Leroy let's go and then, yeah up there I went so for me yeah that's why I called them bouncers because that's that, I don't believe that that was the sort of way to go but at the same time you need the children disruptive children out of the class so that others can learn so yeah i guess it's a catch-22 but just i don't see that as working i don't know but yeah i suppose there's pros and cons to it but yeah i spent a lot of time in isolation and stuff and detentions as i mentioned in the previous um podcast um so yeah i got to year 10 was always fighting still um this new head teacher she wasn't having it had a big fight one day um i remember um, we were supposed to fight at lunchtime. We had a fight. Yeah, I think we had two fights in that day. We'd arranged to fight in the local area, so everyone walked down like after school. Um, but this was huge. Like everybody was there, like down in the local area, like yeah, just rammed out. There was, I must have been about hundreds of children just there waiting to see this fight, you know, because it started from break time, and that break time was usually about 10, 11. So come three o'clock, there's a fight, like, yeah. Um, but the people in that duty team, this is why it doesn't sort of sit right with me. Um, I was misbehaving, like, throughout my, my high school years, um, secondary school years, and my nan tried to keep a lid on it. Like, any time there was a letter, like, when I was excluded or whatever, she would keep it from my father because of his temper and stuff. She just didn't want, like, she just didn't want temper coming into, effectively, how I described it, her cotton wool environment just couldn't deal with it sort of thing but having the heart attacks and the heart bypass i think it's triple heart bypass it's called um obviously having gone through that i could also sympathize with someone that wouldn't want to have any form of stress do you know what i mean um granted that's my fault uh, that i that i would have caused that if he did come down so he would say he was unaware um i was pretty good at hiding school reports and stuff like that um and parents even slips and things but then at the same time i think you'd question your child if you haven't received one report or you get one 
every four years because one's actually decent <laughs> um so yeah i yeah uh, for me personally i'd be like you know when is parents even i'd be contacting the school directly because yeah i wouldn't just as much as you want to trust your children if you've not received one I, I, like for years and maybe your your peer your friends their kids are getting them yeah i'd be asking questions um so yeah i remember um with my father i did used to just cotton over everything the word i use which he hates to this day as he told me before it's fine how's school fine how's this fine fine everything's fine you know um so yeah so i jog back to that context for the reason this fight that i was discussing it didn't happen because one of the people on the duty team that knew my father and it was public knowledge like to, to it was common knowledge sorry that he knew my father because he'd always say to me how's your mom how's your dad and that um, yeah, he told him this was going down. So my dad showed up. Whoa, imagine that, your dad showing up. Big fight, hundreds of children waiting. Yeah, where's Leroy? You ain't fighting, what's wrong with you? Move. And I remember one of my friends at school, like walking past him, he was like, yo, Leroy, like, what happened? Did the fight happen? And my dad interrupted, ain't no fight, go home. <laughs> it was mad. But I mentioned that because the same friend that told him about that fight, why didn't you tell him all them other times he says he wasn't my father says he wasn't told so this is like how it got that way and all that kind of stuff why why wasn't he told initially of of my behavior and stuff then maybe like it would have solved it all i only say that because he was told for there was going to be a fight so to tell him you got no loyalty to me like you know my father he's obviously of your age so tell him like i was a child so i would have just took it like just like going to out at five years old for my mom in the streets, like whatever it is, what it is, you go with the flow. But um, yeah, that fight, the next day at school, the head teacher knew one was not having that. Of course, rightly so, you've got probably, I assume residents were like ringing up thinking, what's going on, all your pupils are down here, like getting rowdy and whatever. So yeah, um, and obviously it was a very diverse school. It's one of the things I believe led to me kind of being so integrated within society as it currently is. Obviously, I know with Brexit, you know, it's really Brexit, a lot of people feel a type of way. But for me personally, um, coming from a school that was very diverse, a lot of different religions and stuff, I sort of just, yeah, I was, I'm very comfortable with all types of people, anybody. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that the, the community would not, <laughs> this is the local community of the school, like, no, what's going on? So yeah, definitely bad press for them. But I remember um, having a meeting and, you know, they say tell the truth. I used to write loads of statements um, in school. That was how bad our school was. Whenever there was a fight, you had to write statements of what happened. That's why I'm so good at it now. <laughs> but, um, and then when I say good at it now, I mean incident reports at work, not statements, no police statements, clean record here, okay? Um, so, so yeah, like, I remember just thinking, do you know what, all the time you just, you make up these lies just to try and get out of trouble, just tell the truth. She said, was there a fight at break time? I heard there was. Was there a fight then? I heard there was. And I said, yeah, there was. I gave them the full picture of what happened. Um, told the truth for probably the first time in school. Told 100% truth. This happened. Like, this is why, like, we had the fight. This is what started it. Um, and, yeah, my that meeting was called with my father to be present. So the first meeting he'd actually attended at the school. Um, I remember the school policeman being there. Yeah, we had a school policeman. It wasn't a PCSO either. He was actually a policeman. <laughs> But um, yeah, it gives you an idea of what the school was like. But um, yeah, he was in the meeting, um, discussed loads of things. They wanted to put me in a pupil referral unit, obviously. Um, many of you will know what that is. That's just a school, obviously bad children, you know, sort of you've been kicked out of schools and there's sort of no hope for you. Effectively, that is what it is. You go there and you're with other children that have a lot of issues, like behavioral issues and the like, and things like that. Um, so yeah, they, they wanted to place me there. Um, my father was not keen on that at all. He was not interested in that for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, they decided, yeah, you, you, you've been expelled, you're not to come back to this school. I was like, wow, like what? Like despite getting in trouble all the time, like that's crazy. Like you hear people getting excluded and expelled and stuff. And it's like, nah, not being like, I'm sure you're not that bad. Like, yeah, it probably should have happened a lot, a lot sooner. Like I lasted, yeah, I lasted a good, a good while before it did happen. But I mean, it happened the first week of year 11. It's the first week of my final year. So it's that sort of like, could you not have just let me just 
not not crack on and, and sort of just be getting into these scenarios but you know you sort of like I'll be gone soon but then thinking as an adult now looking back I was in year 11 GCSE year so forget about my GCSEs for a second we've got hundreds of other students that are due to take there so if I am that problem child get rid because we can't hamper the statistics can we that's what it all leads to statistics this is what it is mainly going down to from a business point of view because we had yeah some very smart people in my year group like some of them now are doing amazing I've happened to connect with them on LinkedIn and stuff like yeah they are doing amazing it's great um unfortunately um I've been able to speak to a lot of people from the school and I've apologized even if I've not done nothing directly to them but just apologize for, for how I was at school and, and most of it has been welcoming like obviously a lot of people don't really care like yeah we were in school but for me I have to do that and it's not just a case of my conscience it's a case of it's, it's, it's what's morally right obviously older now I understand things that was unacceptable I can only apologize obviously if you don't accept that that's absolutely fine but I'm not that person now I'm completely different but um so yeah um remember getting kicked out and then went to a school that was quite far from me I had to take a, a bus there it, was, it wasn't local at all but I went there and everything changed everything changed like the school was I, I can say for the, the time I was there I don't remember seeing a fight so I was fighting almost every day everyone else was fighting almost every day in my previous school I remember somebody hit someone with a rounders back <laughs> like yeah it was active but this place I went to none of that like not to say that they were all model students but there was just none of that sort of physical um disruption you know but it was the best thing to happen to me because I was able to grow up in terms of I've moved to this school I'm in year 11 so I'm in I'm one of the oldest in the school you know time to start acting correct I went to that school I remember being even more shy than usual um there was, I had no audience there. No one was going to laugh. No one was going to jeer me up. Like these people were doing their own thing. And I remember just like, wow, this is crazy. My new school at year 11. Like, luckily, I, um, I was integrated very fast. I made a lot of friends that I still to talk to now. Like, it was the best thing to happen to me. It took me out of that environment that wasn't great. And I was only going one way if I stayed there. For despite, I say a lot of people from my year group have been on, been great success stories. There's a, another large share that have ended up in prison, um, and that's where I would have ended up. No doubt about it, that was where I'd end up. I would have ended up in prison. Um, so yeah, I went to that school, done really well in my GCSEs, like, really good. I'm surprised myself. Um, um, yeah, and throughout that, my grandma's um, house was that sort of... Because, yeah, I remained there, for the record. After being kicked out of school, my dad didn't take me back. Like, I remained there. Um, but it just gave me that that comfort zone that I did need. Admittedly, I had that comfort zone, but I was still choosing to misbehave, obviously, earlier on. But I do put it down to the bullying that I received. So that's what it started off. And that's not an excuse, just, just because I've maybe I wasn't ready for the big wide world but when I before I went to high school I was so quiet I used to sit on the bench outside my house with outside my nan's house with her friends so they were in the like in their um at that time 60s I used to sit out there with them you know they were talking about oh nonsense anything like to the point where in my bedroom um my nan had a darts board put up and all of her friends so these 60 plus ladies and a couple of them would come in on a Sunday and play darts in my bedroom I'd be like no no I want to go to sleep now please um, obviously in my room because nobody wants a dart, dartboard little markings on their door it had to be my room but yeah so I was in the environment I was in it was almost impossible for me to start being this aggressor because like my nan's my size meant nothing like nothing at all you know um, yeah so I think it was that introduction the big wide world and obviously meeting so many different people from different backgrounds older kids mixing and you know um i suppose the secondary school high school era that's what makes or breaks you i guess um yeah um so that was sort of what i wanted to talk about anyway 
apologies that it took so long. I didn't even glance down at the timer. Um, I just got a notification, 60 minutes are up. I hope that this gave you an insight into, well, I'd say my journey, because a lot of you have tuned in from my weight loss transformation. And then to the people that are obviously local to me, I hope it just gives you another insight into my character and potentially how I've become the person I am today. So I hope you keep listening, keep liking, keep sharing.